Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hello and welcome to Extra Time, our web-only sports program from Radio New Zealand Sport. I'm Alex Coogan-Reeves. In the program this week, we look at the Silver Ferns' struggles, catch up with the Phoenix and the Breakers as they prepare to begin new seasons, and talk Bathurst with Greg Murphy. We also hear from the Black Caps before their upcoming tour, and chat to the BMX rider Sarah Walker about her road to recovery from injury. The Silver Ferns have suffered their seventh straight loss to Australia, despite delivering an improved performance in their most recent outing in Melbourne. After losing the previous two tests by 18 and 17 points respectively, they trimmed the margin to nine goals in the second Constellation Cup match. The series now heads to Sydney before the finale in Auckland next week. Stephen Hewson spoke to the coach Waitau Manu, who was pleased with the improved effort, but is demanding more. Oh, certainly defensively, I thought we were far more competitive, turned the ball over uh, and turned it over enough to create a platform potentially to win the game. Um, I think my greatest disappointment was that within two with the ball in hand, um, we threw it away and continued to throw it away for the remaining five minutes. So that's something we do need to work on. That's right. You got. I mean, you got within two. You'd done all that hard work to, to come back. Did the pressure then get to them or what? Are you able to, to work out what did go wrong? What brought those errors back in? Uh, I th- well, a, a number of things, but I do think that the, um, you know, the, the Australians increased their intensity, the Australians increased their intensity, particularly in the shooting circle, and that was a pretty new combination. I just think there was a real lack of understanding um, at a few crucial moments between our feeders and our shooters, and um, given Amelia Ann's newness, uh, perhaps something that I should be a little more understanding of. I, I certainly get the sense that you sound rather deflated? Um, no, I'm not too bad. Look, we got ourselves in a position to win the game, which we haven't done in two games against Australia now. So that was certainly a step forward. So I'm very pleased that we have, um, on an individual basis, which is what I was asking for, um, played better. And, and I thought that was certainly the case for pretty much all of us, with the exception of the last seven minutes of last night's game. I'm really pleased with the defensive effort. Uh, from everybody, and I think there were some very good patches, particularly in our attack, through court attack play, um, and I think given the number of changes that I made at the um, around the transverse line, our centre pass attack wasn't as effective as it has become in recent years, and that's something I think will be the big work on for us going forward. I mean, the, the general talk is of, of uh, a much improved effort, but it's still got to be disappointing when, when, when that talk comes and it's a nine-point loss still. Indeed, and and particularly on the back of a game where with you know sufficient time to go, a deficit of two minutes, um, and we had the ball in hand, and had we scored that and then scored our centre pass, the game was really on. 
And um, that, for me, that's the most disappointing thing. I think um, another thing, though, that I was pleased about was we dug a few holes with the new combinations going out and managed to pull ourselves out, which we, again, haven't been able to do against Australia in recent times. So no, that was another, another aspect that was pleasing. Is there a concern, I mean, that we look at, you're looking at that shooting circle, we've had to, I mean, we relied on Irene van Dyke for so long, we're now relying on someone who's come through a system outside of New Zealand. Is that a concern? Well, yes, but I don't think um, depth in the shooting circle is a new concern for New Zealand. I think it's something that we have always had, and we've just been extremely fortunate for quite a number of years to have had Irene and Maria holding that up, but... After then, I think the depth has always been questionable. So going going into this third test, presumably you want more of the same, more improvement, but uh, also a bit wary of what Australia will, will offer. Oh, indeed. Look, uh, there's absolutely no doubt we need to keep improving. There's also no doubt that that will get harder. I think um, the Australians will prepare very thoroughly and that we don't have any surprises. So they've seen Katrina Grant at goal defence um, now. They've seen Amelia Ann on the court um, with the exception of Tim Melissa, I think they've seen uh, the whole of our squad. So I think they'll prepare very thoroughly for all of the possible lineups that they could face. And I think that they will be um, aiming to show that us getting within two was um, not something they wanted repeated. Stephen Hewson speaking to Waitau Manu. After propping up the bottom of Australian football's A-League competition for the past two seasons, the Wellington Phoenix believe their fortunes are about to change. Some astute off-season signings by coach Ernie Merrick and an injury-free squad has the side in good shape. That's led to a quiet confidence at the club ahead of the side's season opener against the Perth Glory in Wellington on Sunday, as Stephen Hewson reports. Four months of pre-season training is finally about to come to an end for the Phoenix and hopefully about to go too as the title of also rans. Having finished fourth in the 2011-12 season, the Phoenix slumped to 10th and to last spot the following year and then finished only one better last season and coming ninth. A revamped squad with five key signings bolstering the midfield, among them All-Whites player Michael McGlinchey, and a pre-season build-up that's included matches against English Premier League sides West Ham and Newcastle, has coach Ernie Merrick Optimistic. We're ready to go now. Every training session is competitive. It's high quality. Uh, everyone's fit. So I've got lots to choose from, and I like to have that sort of Panadol situation where I've got a headache wondering who I'm going to start. Merrick says he now has a much more experienced squad at his disposal. I'm not going back to basics, and I felt as though I was going back to basics a lot last year. Now, I'm not saying that we're going to be the top three team. I'm not saying that we're going to thrash every team and score lots of goals. Some games will grind out. We will go out to attack and play hard football, going forward, winning football against every team we play against, home or away, and if we have consistency about us, we will get in the top six. Three years ago, the Wellnicks group took over the club and club chairman Rob Morrison concedes it's been tougher than he expected to instigate the strategies they envisaged would make the club stronger. What we'd like to see is performances on the field that reflect the amount of investment that's gone into the club off the field. We think that we've made pretty significant progress in terms of what we've, we've managed to do around building the club off the field and 
takes a bit of time for, for that to be reflected, I think, in terms of on-field performances. But we figure that we're probably out of time now where we, where we need to start seeing some of that benefit. It's not make or break, but we, we certainly want to make the playoffs. The Phoenix captain, Andrew Durante, has endured a tough past few seasons. But he says there's a sense of self-belief in the squad in the wake of the matches against West Ham and Newcastle. Those games were really vital to our pre-season. They're going to give the, the players a lot of confidence to know that we can play against top teams and play a really good brand of football. Um, you know, Ernie's recruited some, some really good players uh, this year. Um, without doubt, he's probably um, the best squad we've put together, um, definitely the most depth we've had. Andrew Durante predicts the Melbourne victory, Sydney FC and Brisbane Roar will be the front-runners in the competition this season. Houston spoke to Merrick, who says he's much better prepared than this time last season. Twelve months ago, um, in our first season preparation, I, felt, I think I had seven or eight players to start with. This year we had almost a full squad. We've got really high-quality players signed, way above expectation. We've, we've been playing practice games of high quality against EPL sides as well as A-League sides and local sides. We've got uh, this mix of high-quality up-and-coming younger players from overseas like Rodriguez and Bonavazia, and we've got really experienced A-League players like Burns and McGlinchey. On top of all the other players, we've got Riera back, which is a huge buzz, who only played 10 games last year. And Louis Fenton only played four or five games last year, so it's almost like with seven new players, we've got good depth. There's, a, there's the, the intensity of training leading up to the first game where everyone's fighting for a spot. Now they're fighting for a spot on the bench because the starting 11 is fairly fixed but can change. And uh, it's just been a pleasure to work with them this year. I just feel as though. And, and there's another bonus, of course, I should mention. New Zealand football have allowed us to have a reserve team now. So that's it. That means that we can keep players in training and keep playing. And um, uh, they haven't... Uh, Anthony Hudson hasn't gone for using the October window. Now, if you remember last year, 12 months ago, uh, in our first game of the season, at home, at Westback, against the winners, uh, Roar, and we had something like seven or eight players out. So Anthony's been good enough to free up that weekend for us, and he'll let me know who he'll use in the November window. So this cooperation between New Zealand football and Wellington Phoenix has just been a huge bonus for our club and for me personally. You must feel as though you're actually at the start line this time around, rather than being handicapped by, well, a couple hundred metres. Yes, I, I, you're spot on. I, I really feel as though we're ready to go. We're ready to go now. Every training session is competitive. It's high quality. Uh, everyone's fit. So I've got lots to choose from, and I like to have that sort of Panadol situation where I've got a headache wondering who I'm going to start, but it's a great situation to be in. As a coach, was that 12 months ago, was that one of the toughest you've found yourself in? Uh, no, um, no, I've been around too long for that, Steve. <laughs> I've, uh, I, um, no, I, look, going back to the A-League with Melbourne Victory, we were second bottom in the league, and it was a very similar scenario um, in 2005-2006 season. Uh, mind you, the next season we won it, 6 nothing. so I like to remind everyone of that. It's really all about having a stable um, board above me who gives me the opportunity to build and develop a team and uh, I just feel the club has just come so far and now we've got an academy and we've got a school of excellence that's beginning to deliver players and a reserve team, just, the club has just come so far and that Football United Tour was the icing on the cake for the pre-season So are you 
do you feel relaxed or well because you're going into a new season you simply won't anyway at the moment I feel very relaxed uh, come the 12th of October at five minutes to five you, you know you get a bit of the you get that little excitement those little butterflies but I like that that's a bit of the buzz the endorphins or whatever they kick in the testosterone or whatever it is that's that's what we all do it for the excitement of the 90 minute game the competition we're, we're here we're ready when you're not ready then it's all much worse but uh, I'm, I'm excited about it and I think our fans will be as well and the feeling in the squad must be noticeably different oh it's a, tremendous there's a lot of experience here I'm not coaching the very basics of football to sign the, the five players that we've signed four in particular with the experience they bring it's, I'm not going back to basics and I felt as though I was going back to basics a lot last year now, I'm not saying that we're going to be the top three team I'm, I'm not saying that we're going to thrash every team and score lots of goals some games will grind out some will be uh, the sort of results you get with an unpleasant playing style but we will go out to attack and play hard football going forward winning football against every team we play against home or away and if we have consistency about us we will get in the top six and then we'll reevaluate where we're going to go from then and that must be bottom line this year absolutely we we need to and want to and our supporters want the expectation of being a team that will be in the top six what am I giving them if I'm not giving them that expectation so that's very important and the boys will respond to that expectation as well Stephen Hewson speaking to Ernie Merrick. The Breakers also start their season this week with a tough road trip to meet the defending champion Perth Wildcats. After a disappointing NBL season last year, the Auckland-based club have retooled, bringing back the former league MVP Cedric Jackson and a new import big man Akine Ibikwe. However, injury issues have plagued the build-up to the season with Tom Abercrombie ruled out of the first two games while Alex Bledger is in doubt with a troublesome toe injury. I spoke to Jackson, who knows exactly what to expect from a fired-up Perth outfit. Yeah, definitely. You know, so our, our job is you know, to teach our, you know, uh, our new guys and our young guys you know, what, uh, what we're in for and the type of uh, team they are and the atmosphere and everything and uh, you know, what, what we need to do to be successful uh, going out there. How have you felt the preseason sort of gone? You haven't had long um, with everyone together to sort of get it together, and Dean trying to implement a new system on defense. How's that all worked? Uh, it's been working pretty well. You know, we definitely um, had a lot of time to you know work on it. There's still you know a few areas where we can always get better at. You know, that's why we're a, a humble team. You know, that is eager to learn a little bit more. But you know, it was always great to you know play against other people besides us. You know, every week. So. You know, going down there to the Blitz, you know, getting uh, a couple wins and learning against our, our loss from uh, Townsville to get a feel for, you know, what we're uh, about to get into with this league getting tougher and tougher and also the Cindy Kings too. You're sort of starting the season on the back foot, I guess, having potentially two of your starters out for, for who knows how long at this point. Does that make it or harder for guys like you and Mika you've really got to step up and lead the team? No, uh, you know, we definitely have a, a lot of pieces, you know, that can, uh, you know, come off the bench and give us a, a huge lift because, uh, you know, they've been doing that, you know, for the whole um, entire uh, preseason that we've uh, that they've been gone. So uh, we feel pretty confident, you know, that we can hold the fort until those two guys get back. For you personally, how do you sort of feel coming back? Do you feel like people expect a lot out of you um, having seen what happened the season you were away and realising that 
obviously you, you did something pretty special while you were here the first few years? Well, the expectations that I have on myself is just to try to, you know, get back to, uh, you know, helping these guys out, you know, perform at the highest level possible. And, I mean, I, I pretty much bring the same thing to the table, you know, just working hard and trying to be aggressive and, you know, trying to help my team get wins. So that's all I'm pretty, uh, pretty much worried about. And also, you know, with the, uh, the rule changes and things like that, we've definitely uh, made huge adjustments. So hopefully that won't be a factor uh, this year. On offense, though, you must not mind uh, watching those rule changes from the last time you're here. They might might help you out a bit, getting to the rim and things like that. Oh yeah, you know we're definitely uh, we're definitely an aggressive team, but you know we can still uh, you know um, you know learn from uh, you know what the defense gives us. So we're an unselfish team. So you know we we'll definitely uh, want to put ourselves in a position to stay aggressive and not be too uh, you know uh, you know stagnant when uh, guys try to play uh, the two three zone. It's quite, quite a nice guard rotation you've got there as well, I guess, having Reese sort of to back you up and as a guy who looks like a real leader and someone that, that knows how to lead a team around the court. Yeah, he's definitely a winner, and uh, he definitely uh, pushes me every day in practice. Sometimes I don't like him, but, you know, that's definitely what I need to help, uh, help me get better. So, you know, the only thing I can do is do the same thing he's doing to me to make him better. You know, he's a great, uh, you know, opponent every day so we're definitely making each other better so that'll just prepare us you know for tough games uh, when other guards try to play us we'll know how to uh, handle that did you miss those feisty breakers practices i think <laughs> they tend to get pretty heated there oh man it, it felt just like at home man you know first couple of weeks man we already started getting into it you know but that's all love and basketball and you know just the heat of the moment but after that's all said and done we're back hanging with each other and that, that's why i should be is it like a playing with your brother in the backyard or out, out oh, on the court? There yeah, de 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 definitely. You know, sometimes, you know, they get a little bit too aggressive, so, you know, we'll let them know about it or, or vice versa, and then, you know, we'll talk about it, and then that makes us compete even harder. And then, uh, you know, we just have to, you know, try to trans, uh, translate that game over, you know, to the actual game and, you know, get ready for a tough uh, game this weekend. And obviously when you left, you were the MVP of this league. Now, since, since you've left, there's been some you know, pretty big sort of name imports come in, guys that have played in the NBA and guys that have been drafted by NBA teams and things like that. Do, do you feel like you've got a point to prove that you can, you're still going to be one of the best players in this league? Uh, no, I don't feel like that's a, you know, a, a big concern for me. The concern for me is just you know, trying to help my team win games. And we have a lot of weapons on our team, so, you know, if, if I'm not one of the guys that's leading in scoring, you know, that's okay with me because, you know, I'm a selfless guy. So as long as our team is doing the things that we uh, need to do to help ourselves, uh, you know, win games and get, get to that championship and hopefully win a championship, then I'm pleased with that. 11 years after Greg Murphy raced the lap of the gods to set a new lap record at Bathurst, the New Zealand motor racing legend is expecting to see his record smashed at Mount Panorama this weekend. The four-time king of the mountain is back at the iconic track for another tilt, this time as co-driver for James Courtney and the Holden Racing Team. The track has been newly resurfaced, which Murphy says will make for some fast times. Quite exciting for everybody actually to, to see because, I mean, uh... Having a, a new um, a new surface on tracks is not something we get a lot around the traps, and to have it here at um, at uh, Bathurst and have the opportunity to sort of uh, yeah push the envelope and and possibly set you know a new benchmark, um, everyone's pretty excited about it. So uh, you know with the long track 6.2 k's and a lot of fast corners and and uh, critical areas around here where where you know. Finding a little bit of time means means you know so much. 
um, you know, add that up on, on the amount of corners that there are at Bathurst, um, you know, it can add up to be quite a lot of time quite quickly. So, you know, everyone's, everyone's excited to see where it's at. And, um, you know, um, I'm pretty certain that we're going to see some pretty, pretty fast times. Do you think do you think your lap record is still going to be the lap record come Monday? I doubt it. I, I don't see how really it should be um, based on you know the, how fast the cars are these days. You know, compared to you know over eleven years ago, um, you know we should we should be seeing new benchmarks set quite easily. I would have thought, but strange things have happened so far. The weather's really good here. It's perfect conditions really for for the cars to go fast. Um, so we'll just uh, we'll wait and see and. Uh, yeah, just I suppose the question is how much faster I reckon uh, will they be, you know, than, than what we did uh, all that time ago. You'd be hoping that maybe you can uh, break your own record then. No, it's not my job. You know, I won't be in that position to be able to do that. Um, we, uh, I'm a co-driver and, and um, I'm here to support James Courtney. So you know, my job um, isn't isn't to be trying to set uh, set fastest times for qualifying or the shootout or anything like that. So. You know, I'm, 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 you know, no problem with that. Sort of uh, got myself in, in in the position I, you know, want to be in with in a great team and with a great, uh, great main main driver. And um, you know, I just want to hopefully get a result on the weekend on Sunday afternoon. So I'll leave the leave the, um, you know, all the the fast lap stuff and and uh, trying to be on pole position, qualifying that kind of thing to, to James, who's um, more than capable of uh, of putting us at the front on the front row. And how have you uh, sort of found the co-driving thing and 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 taking a part-time sort of role on the tour? Oh, no problem. I mean, it's just the way it is. Um, you know, I didn't uh, at the time when I when I uh, realised I wasn't going to have a full-time drive um, last year. You know, it was a bit disappointing, and but it was also um, you know created an opportunity really for me to to focus on some other things and. And uh, take a bit of a different path. So, you know, I've been fortunate to have a great opportunity with the Holden Racing team in this in this co-driver role. And and I'd much rather be with a uh, a team like this, working to achieve some uh, a few you know um, few goals, than being in a team that um, doesn't have a chance of achieving anything. So um, I'm I'm in a pretty good spot and, and happy with it. And you guys must feel pretty confident given how you went in in your last uh, race out. Yeah, yeah, we you know we we um, certainly had a, a list of things to improve on from the last last event, but as a whole, you know, we were were pretty clean and rounded, and and performance as a whole was was you know was pretty good. So we definitely went away from Sandown um, reasonably happy with the lead up to, to Bathurst, albeit there was still one car out there that. Um, you know, trounced the field, and and we didn't get a chance in the race to really compare directly um, against them as far as speed goes. But um, here at Bathurst, it's a very very different situation. The the, the track um, with the surface and all the other you know bits and pieces that are so different to every other place means that um, it couldn't it can be uh, you know the difference between the cars is going to be can be well can be very very different. So. You know, we'll just um, wait and see. You know how we how it all plays out, but you know we are confident that we're going to have some some good pace. It's been a whirlwind year for the New Zealand cricketer Corey Anderson. After setting a world record for the fastest one-day century in Queenstown in January, he was snapped up in the Indian Premier League auction on an eight hundred and sixty-six thousand dollar deal by the Mumbai Indians. 
It led to him playing against his own team, the Northern Knights, in the recent Champions League in India. Richard Wayne caught up with him before the Black Caps left for Melbourne earlier this week. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a really crazy year, and um, a year that uh, I guess has been exciting for, for I guess not only myself but New Zealand cricket as a whole. You know, we we played really well this year, and um, I, I guess if we can keep our momentum going, then uh, it'll be perfect timing, obviously, before the World Cup. Yeah, and of course the World Cup's coming up, and uh, you obviously made your mark in, in the One Day uh, World in January. Uh, looking back on that, I mean, that was was that a life changing experience for you? Yeah, massively. I mean, um, you know, you're always trying to. You just do as well as you can when you first come into a side, and sometimes you get thrown in the deep end a little bit, and you, you've just got to swim, uh, swim like hell. And uh, I think I managed to sort of, you know, do that a bit and stay afloat, and managed to, I guess, uh, go through the rigours of international cricket, and it's put me, I guess, in good stead for, for this upcoming season. Um, and I, I know that there's a, a lot of cricket to be played before uh, now in the World Cup, so um, I guess it's just more chances to, to I guess, um, show ourselves off as a team um, and keep, I guess, gaining experience as I go. Indian Premier League was, um, I guess you wouldn't have expected to be there so soon, but there was no way you weren't going after that knock in Queenstown, was there? Yeah, well, that's that's the thing. I think once uh, once something like that had happened, I guess yeah, your, your name starts getting thrown out there for for all sorts with the option and things like that. And I, I guess that whole experience was also very crazy. And um, I'm grateful that it's happened. It's it's given me a lot of insight into, I guess, a, another world of cricket that that not heaps of people get to sort of discover, and um, the, the pressures that are involved in that are. A, a, a lot different to what international cricket is. So um, yeah, I'm grateful to to go through it, and I think it's uh, I think it's put me in good stead. So what was the IPL like? Um, you say it's different to international cricket. Uh, is that because it's a, a lot more condensed? Yeah, I think it is. I think it's more the fact that it's um, you've basically got a value on your head now. Um, you, you, people know what you're worth, and I guess if you don't live up to that worth, then then you're you're not you're not deserving deserving of that money. So um, I, I think that was the hardest thing I guess to wrap my head around when I first went there. And, um, I think once you sort of relax a lot more, you you start sort of thinking it's it's still just a game, and you know it's a bat and a ball, and um, you, you sort of take the money out of it, and you come back to I guess why you start playing the game in the first place. How did you rate your season in the IPL with Mumbai? Um, to be fair, I didn't do too much to be honest. I mean, I had a a reasonable last game that I guess I, I probably sort of overshadowed everything else I did during that tournament. So I, I guess I'm lucky that I did that. At the right time, and I think uh, if I look back now as well, the the whole season was probably a, a lot of things that happened in very good time, and um, timing was one thing that I guess um, yeah was was perfect. I guess in the whole aspect of things, whether it was for New Zealand or, or through the IPL. So um, yeah, it's uh, I'm, I'm hoping to go back next year, um, and uh, yeah, hopefully hopefully back with Mumbai. What about your time in India itself, outside of, of the cricket? What, what did you sort of get up to, and how did you find that? Did you have any experiences already in India via New Zealand cricket? Um, I'd been there with the New Zealand A side. Um, we went to Vizag, um, and I mean, the, your first sort of thoughts of it all is, you know, it's so hot here, and you keep sweating, and you're sort of like, when's this going to stop? And it never does. But I think the more times I go back now, the more I fall in love with it. And you know, you start learning the places, you start learning, I guess, not the language, but the people in there, and the environment, and the cultures, and um, you know, it's just a, it's a very exciting place to be when you when you're there, and once you start sort of loving it, um, yeah, it's, it sort of welcomes you with uh, with open arms. It must have been a bit strange at the Champions League, um, playing on for Mumbai and then getting knocked out by your your domestic side. I mean, what was that experience like? Yeah, that was strange. Um, I guess I was I was familiar, I guess, facing ND because I obviously played for Canterbury when I was younger, but um, to have it on that kind of stage um, was was very. 
um, strange. I mean, I I think there was one time I, I clapped for Kane getting a boundary, and I looked over and um, and Southie was in the in the shed yelling out, "You're not allowed to clap! You're not allowed to clap!" So he was he was definitely giving me some abuse from that. But yeah, it was a strange feeling, and I guess it was one of those positions as well. Was we were, obviously I wanted Mumbai to go through, um, but to see ND go through was was also pleasing as well. Yeah. Well, as we speak, you're uh, heading to Melbourne for a training camp. Uh, what's, uh, have you been briefed on what sort of the, the intention is of all this and what's going to be happening? I guess a lot of us haven't gone to Melbourne. Uh, so obviously the World Cup final is in Melbourne, um, and I think it's the best thing to do is in preparation, you know, if um, we can get familiar with that, that surrounding um, and go through some plans. I mean, it's, it's probably better than, I guess, uh, secluding ourselves in New Zealand. It means to sort of get away, um, stick together as a team and... Um, and sort of do some, I guess, uh, bonding over there as well, just before a, a massive summer ahead. Where do you feel you sit in the one-day team? Do you feel like you've cemented your place and perhaps you're the all-rounder that you know we've been looking for for a while here? Um, I, I mean, you'd always like to think you can try and cement yourself. I, I, I still think it's very hard to do that throughout your whole career. You know, you, you might be the one in, in favour of doing that, but but it never seems to work that way. But um, I, I think with my one-day game, I'm really confident with the way how it's going. I think I've played, even though I haven't played I guess, much cricket for New Zealand, I feel like I'm, um, I'm, w- I'm well adjusted to the international scene and um, and I've just got to keep developing and hopefully I can play my role whether, with it's, w- whether it's with bat or ball and, um, and try and win some games and contribute to uh, New Zealand. Yeah. That's Richard Wayne speaking to Corey Anderson. New Zealand BMX rider Sarah Walker is in recovery mode following surgery on her arm after a gnarly crash in the final event of the season. The 2012 Olympic silver medalist has been troubled by injuries for the last couple of seasons, hampering her build-up to Rio. Walker told Joe Porter about the surgery. It was on both ends of my radius on my right arm, so my bone was displaced at the elbow. Um, I had a plate and four screws into that end, and then it was also displaced at my wrist, and there was a plate and five screws in that end, so... Yeah, I did a good job to that bone and uh, had four other breaks as well. So I did a good job. You've had a couple of big injuries over the last few years. How does that affect your sort of mental frame of mind heading towards, you know, your ultimate goal of Rio? Yeah, I I guess last year, uh, 2013, was a really frustrating year. And I'm glad that I made it through the whole season this year, uh, kind of unscathed until the last round. So... Out of any event I could hurt myself at this year, it was probably the best one to do it at because there are no more international races this year. But uh, I guess it's a little bit frustrating because like, even though I've had the whole year um, riding and racing in the international season, um, it's been a little bit frustrating because I haven't really got any of any big results that I was after. So to go overseas not get huge amounts of uh, huge results this year and then finish off with an injury it's been quite yeah it's a little bit different to what I'm kind of used to leading into London so yeah I, I hope that uh, the the last race that I had before my crash showed a lot of promise and uh, it actually got me really excited for next year so I'm looking forward to just getting there's injuries out of the way and jumping back on my bike, getting back into training and going uh, super fast next year and make some podiums. So obviously you haven't lost your passion for the sport and you clearly want to keep going. With all these injuries and like you said, perhaps a lack of results that you may have expected, 
do you second guess yourself at all about your ability to get back to where you were before you had your 2013 injuries, you know, your 2012 Silver Olympics? Do you, do you worry you might not be able to get back there? Um, I did question myself at the second last World Cup in Argentina. Uh, it was three weeks before um, Chula Vista in California, and I just, I worked so hard leading into that event and all year, and it just seemed like it wasn't really going the way that I was hoping it would, and uh, my performance wasn't where I expected it to be, and I kind of had a few doubts then, and I uh, worked really hard in the three weeks between the two races on uh, basically just my starts and my acceleration, and from what uh, I've seen, because I don't remember, but from what I've seen of the the racing that I did in Chula Vista was it was exactly where it needed to be moving forward. And so it gave me that kind of reassurance that I still am on the right track. Uh, everything still is tracking in the right direction. It was just I hadn't worked that out until it was kind of the end of the season, unfortunately, but it meant that I could come home, uh, train up and be kind of in that top handful of girls again next season. And are you still having fun on the bike? Everyone knows that racers who aren't enjoying the sport really don't have a show. Yeah, no, I, I love what I do. And I, I do remember practice and I was enjoying myself a lot. Um, it was quite an intimidating track and really hard, obviously. <laughs> but um, it was just, yeah, I, I did enjoy my riding my bike the, the last six-week trip that we had. And, like, I, I do have that passion for it and I do want to come back and I, I want to go faster. I've stood at the top of that track and looked down that very steep ramp at the very steep lip of the first big double and thinking, yeah. how the hell do you get your head around this? For someone like you who's obviously had a couple of big crashes right on that start line, is that something that you pay mind to or do you just have to just kind of, I don't know, put it the death grip and put it out of your mind and get going? Uh, a bit of both. You kind of have to put it to the side, but I'm... I am kind of relieved that this crash was on the third straight and not that first jump. Um, I think if it was on the first jump, it would have made a lot of difference uh, to my confidence moving forward. But the fact that it was um, that the first straight that I rode in that race was so, it was definitely at the level it needs to be to medal in Rio. So it kind of gave me that confidence um, and a bit of reassurance that I am still on track and that I am not past it. <laughs> No, of course not. And Rio is obviously a couple of years away. So what, I guess, you know, sort of baby steps from here, how long do you think you'll take before you can even get back on the bike again? I'm not sure how long it will be before I'm back on the bike. Um, we will be playing it by ear a little bit. Um, obviously, broken bones are six to eight weeks, but the surgery, it depends on how fast my movement gets back and, and how strong I can get in the meantime. Um, so... It will be a little bit of play by ear, but it won't be the five months that it was for my shoulder, which I'm very thankful for. Um, so, yeah, it shouldn't be too long. I'll be on the bike before Christmas, definitely. And, um, yeah, I'll be training up for next season, which doesn't start till March. I've got heaps of time. Um, like I said, it was out of any race I could have done it this year. It was the best one to do it. At. So hopefully I just get back on the bike get into training, get back to the level I was and then continue getting faster. That's Joe Porter speaking to Sarah Walker. That's the show for this week. Feedback is welcome via sport at radionz.co.nz and you can get the latest sports news anytime on our website.
I'm Alex Coogan-Reeves, and we'll be back with more Extra Time next week. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.